0: If you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Ear Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet sounding instruments. Go to ToeirGuitars.us, that's T O I R G U I T A R S.us, and contact Ed today. Here Recording Podcast, episode 85. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? Another good night, another good guest. Yeah. We've got Nikolai Stevens with us tonight. Welcome, Nikolai.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: we am glad you're here, and you brought us a gift, man. Oh,
2: come bearing gifts. And I don't
0: know if you heard on the podcast or what, but this is one of our favorites here. Oh, yeah. Buffalo Trace, the go-to. Yeah, was
2: highly recommended by the liquor store owner. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> That's a good choice. Well, he picked the winner for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm just drinking some IPAs, some Country Boy Brewing IPA.
1: Country Boy Brewing IPA. All right. Well, cheers, man. Thank
0: you. Cheers Thanks for the. Cheers. Yeah.
1: Hmm. <sighs> I needed this one, man. Long wet day. The postal service. makes me sad every time you know I was trying to go in with a good attitude today too and it didn't happen it got soaked yeah and it
0: lasted an hour (laughs) (laughs) so Nikolai why don't you take us back to childhood and talk about your earliest memories of music and when you realized music was going to be an important part of your life
2: right. um Well, both my parents are not very uh, musically inclined. My dad grew up in Maine, so he listened to some country music, Um, Jerry Jeff Walker, stuff like that. But uh, wouldn't play all that much of that stuff. So, like, growing up, I was just mainly listening to like Pitbull and like hip hop, (laughs) Eminem, stuff like that, you know, know, just the radio stuff. But the like top
1: 40 radio. Exactly.
2: And I think my first musical memory is probably uh, I was in like a little Catholic school. And my music teacher was like, I need you to watermelon, which is like singing the words without saying, like making noise. Uh-huh. So just like mouthing it.
0: That's called watermelon?
2: That's what she called it. Okay. <laughs> she was like, I was like just hitting puberty. So she was like, please just act like you're singing. and <laughs> Don't actually make the noises. Um, but probably when I was 11 or 12, I'm, we moved to Shanghai as a family in oh, China. Wow. And I went to a British school and they introduced me to some more like you know, folky, like passenger, stuff like that, um, acoustic stuff. And I started loving it. And one of my friends was always like getting girls' attention by playing some guitar (laughs) at little parties and stuff. I was like, well, I got to learn the guitar. (laughs) That's a smart uh, move, man. Yeah, I picked it up, started learning. He started teaching me. We would go busk. um, And that's kind of where it started. And then I just kind of fell in love with that. Went down a rabbit hole. The Avett Brothers kind of opened up everything, oh, and then yeah. I just like yeah. started listening to Towns and Bob Dylan and all that, and just you know kind of got soaked in it and loved it so much, and it spoke to me. So I was like,
1: "Dude, so you kind of glossed over just going to Shanghai? Do you, did you live in
2: Shanghai? Yeah, for three years, from twelve to fifteen. Oh wow, what those took are you pretty dirt? important years too." Yeah, I, I say that I grew up there. Like, yeah. I didn't spend that much time there, but that's where I, like, grew up, you mm-hmm. know? Makes sense. Um, but we moved because my dad is a scientist, and he was doing some research over there. And so, we were like, okay, well, it's time we, okay. we see, like, nine. man, He wasn't he researching any viruses, was he? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Okay. Um, we just had to get that out of the way. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's a because <laughs> uh,
2: couldn't, <laughs> couldn't tell you if he was. Yeah, 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 that's true. He had to kill us.
1: <laughs> so uh, when you started busking Were you doing it on the streets of Shanghai? I was No kidding So you had to go And you went over to Shanghai To discover singer-songwriter type American music
2: Yeah pretty much It, it took going to Shanghai <laughs> To really get exposed to that sort of stuff Because a lot of it's people wild. like I think it was like more the age Like you know you start adventuring on your own And since I didn't have musically inclined parents That would like listen to stuff They ra- would rather listen to like podcasts and whatnot mm-hmm. that yeah way. The music. So um, it took some friends that were into that stuff to really show me and enlighten me on the topic. And then I, you know, fell in love with it. It spoke to me and I was like, I got to learn guitar. I got to learn how to write and sing. And
1: that's wild. Well, not to mention, you know, you're, the fact that you're over in, in you know, a foreign place to yourself at such an important time. Uh, You said a British school?
2: Yeah, I went to a British school. You
1: went to a British school, which means you're meeting other people that are in... Similar situations from a completely different walk of life, which introduced you to probably—is that how you got introduced to it? Just by seeing your friends and other people play that stuff, and just say, "Hey, you got to listen to this."
2: Yeah, I mean that's kind of like how it all happened. They made fun of me for listening to hip hop and stuff like that. They're like, <laughs> "Like, what are you doing with this nasty ass music?" <laughs> like, well, show me what you listen to. Yeah, and, I mean, because uh, there's—I
1: would imagine—American Top Forty radio is not easy to find there or is it easy to find
2: well i feel like the u.s sets a standard for pop culture uh, especially in like the western pop culture so it just takes a little while to get you know everywhere else and so hip-hop was like it was always a big thing here right Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like taking over the charts and so now hip-hop is a big thing out in the uk okay and uh like the expat community and stuff like that but it wasn't then it was just kind of like getting started. And so I, I would get made fun of for listening to that sort of stuff. Dude, maybe you brought it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all me. It was all me. <laughs> so was that
0: a, a, an isolated event or are you a, a world traveler?
2: Um, so I would say we like, as a family, we've done quite a bit of traveling. My dad loves to climb mountains. Um,
3: awesome. So he's
2: taking me like all over the world, like to climb mountains. So we, we haven't like done a lot of like uh, city stuff for the most part. It's been a lot of like going out into rural areas. And uh, spending 20 days on a mountain trying to d- get to the top of it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, I got to ask
0: about something about that that I saw in a video. But before I do that, do you, do you speak other
2: languages? Um, I am relatively fluent when it comes to understanding and reading Spanish. Because my mom is Mexican. Um, but I took Spanish in Shanghai. Because I I went there and like they start a little bit earlier than American schools start. So I was like a couple months behind, like the earliest Mandarin classes, and uh, my teacher was. I was struggling. It's a hard language to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And my teacher was just like, "Sounds like it. Like yeah, you, uh, <laughs> sh- you, you need to switch classes because you're not doing so well." Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay, well, I'm taking Spanish and Shanghai." <laughs> <guess that's>, uh... <laughs> you had help
0: at home on that. You could get help with your homework. You yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
2: But um, I learned the, the basics, like how to survive, like. Say, Juga, if you want, like, something on a menu, I just, like, will point at pictures or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, Yogwai, Zogwai, right, left, and, like, stuff like that, I just kind of picked up, and then I would memorize the roads wherever mm-hmm. I wanted to go and we'll just give them, like, turn-by-turn directions to wherever I needed to be for, like, yeah. taxis and stuff. But
1: Learning how to survive it's probably a good thing at, you know, 12 to 15.
2: <laughs> so I was
0: watching some of the videos of yours I could come across on YouTube, and I saw one of the gym... Gems on VHS videos. You mentioned you wrote a song after you died on a
3: mountain.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna play that one for you guys. Um, awesome. Okay. But I didn't like. Obviously, I didn't die. Die. <laughs> but um, I went into. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what happened because I obviously wasn't there for it. But m- like the person there said, I went into cardiac arrest, and they flew in a doctor. I, I can get. I can tell the whole story. Yeah, please. Yeah, do it. Please. Um, man. So. We were in South America climbing Aconcagua, which is the tallest mountain in South America, and we had been like climbing for maybe seventeen or eighteen days. We're up at we camped at twenty thousand feet. Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it took took that long to get to the top. Yeah, because a lot of it's like acclimatizing, right? So you just sit there for three days, and you're like, like trying to suck wind and trying to survive. Um,
1: Couldn't imagine at twenty
2: thousand feet. It gets The air gets pretty thin up there. I can imagine. Um, And I just, my body couldn't take it. My brother summited and uh, my dad was fine. But I was just, you know, I guess I'm not made for being that high up. (laughs) Not a lot of people are. No kidding, man. (laughs) Um, So I started working real hard, you know, not getting enough air in me. And when your heart starts beating too much, I know a lot about the biology behind this because I'm an EMT. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> but like your heart can start pumping a bunch and when it doesn't pump fast enough, it will get backed up. And a lot of that fluid that gets backed up will be in the pulmonary vein. And so that will, you know, bleed out into the lungs. And so I started drowning on the plasma that would like come from my blood into my lungs. So I was drowning on my own fluids. And so I couldn't walk, I couldn't move. I, it, and it's essentially like being drunk, right? Because alcohol, what it does is it reduces the effectiveness of hemoglobin and its ability to bind to oxygen on your blood—that's
0: a good thing, right?
2: Uh, <laughs> I guess if you're if you're looking for that effect, right? as long as you're not at twenty thousand feet, yeah, as, as we all are, we're gonna we're gonna be at twenty thousand feet. soon. are yeah, <laughs> um, but so it's pretty much like the feeling of being drunk. I was like blackout, you know, I don't remember anything. But people, like one of the guys, has like a couple of videos of me saying some dumb stuff. Um, And you're
1: you're walking uh, up a mountain at 20,000 feet like this.
2: Yeah. So. Not like blacked out. You don't remember it? I was like floppy. The last thing I remember is like we took a rest, right? At like we're 700 feet below the summit. You could see the little cross that they have on the summit with a flag on it. And I was like, you know, I want to get up. I want to get up. And then I tried to get up and my legs wouldn't work. I wasn't moving. And like we had a guide and he was like, well, you got to go down. And that's like pretty much the last thing I remember. But I guess they gave me like a bunch of epinephrine, a bunch of steroids, a bunch of stuff. Injected me like in my butt cheek a bunch. Yeah, we'll <laughs> so do I, was, I guess I was cracking some like, oh, you're an ass man type of jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. We all would be in that situation, whatever you um, gotta do. But I was flopping around. And then there's like a couple points where it got kind of technical. So they couldn't like, they were trying to drag me down, but they couldn't drag me down anymore because it was like getting technical. So I, they didn't know what the hell to do. And there was another guy that was like really fit and was pretty like familiar with the mountain who came across us and was like, this guy's gonna die. So he went down to nearest camp, got a couple bottles of oxygen, came back up and then got me oxygen and I sat there for a while. And once I kind of got ga- like gathered my ability to move again, we slowly went down. They had me like a puppet. I was tied up with all my limbs to like a couple guys. Gosh. Um, we got down to camp two, 20, 000, or eighteen thousand feet. Um, And they had flown in a doctor because… Via helicopter. Because I wasn't going to be able to get evacuated in time because there was a storm coming. So we were in a shipping container at 18,000 feet and I was sleeping next to a doctor. And I guess like my oxygen saturation levels were too low. And uh, I ended up going into some sort of cardiac arrest or, you know… Wow. Heart murmur thing. So uh, they had to deal with me and save my life. Holy…
0: I'm glad you're here, man. No nice. oh, shit, dude.
2: What I'm the pretty hell? happy
1: to be here. Dude. Yeah, this is an easier way to do that, man. Just have.
2: to yeah, have, right. have a sip after that story. Holy shit! <laughs> my gosh. But that definitely uh, freaked my mom out, and my girlfriend is like, you, "You're never going back there." I'm like, "I want to do it. I want <laughs> to. I want to summit top. now." Um, now, what, after
1: after the fact, like looking back and kind of looking at the strategy, was there a way that you could have done it a little more safely and summited? Or, I mean, theoretically, if you have the the sense that you want to go back and accomplish it, you would have had to think that strategically you could have done something different.
2: Yeah, I mean, we did a couple things wrong. Like we, my brother was really young at the time, so we had to get like a special permit for him to be on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And there was a, not a revolution, but like some protests going on, like internally with like government uh, officials and stuff. And so we weren't able to get those permits. Early, so we had to rush up the mountain. Because uh-huh. um, you had to get back at a certain time. Yeah. And oh, geez. And then on top of that, we didn't take the correct amount of like uh, drugs for like helping us acclimatize. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just inconsistent. Because I was like, what was I, like 17 or 18? And I was just like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to take it today. Yeah. I feel fine. And then one day, I just, you know. You're all caught up. Yep. So <laughs> I, I have a couple things in mind. Plus, I just like… Can run a bunch more and get in a little bit mm-hmm. better shape, climb more, you know. But
0: have you climbed a mountain since then?
2: Yeah, uh, I've I've still been climbing. I love climbing, um, but I haven't gone that high. I think the highest I've been since then is like fourteen thousand two hundred, Mount Shasta, out in California. Okay, love that one though. That's a the prettiest view I've ever seen in my life. Is that is right? Looking yeah. over Northern Oregon in the in the morning, you could uh, see the whole shadow cast of the mountain over Oregon because. Of how the sun rises And it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever oh, seen Oh, that's amazing
1: Dude, I went Me and uh, So when, last time we went to Colorado We went out to Boulder uh, A few months ago And Connor took us up My nephew Who lives out there And, you know Is a, a rock climber And, you know Does the 14s And all that stuff We we went to Estes Park And I think we went up to like 10,000 Maybe 11,000 And we were all about to die Except for him I mean, he was fine <laughs> He was running up the mountain We were like <gasps> When you live at like 7,000 feet, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. 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 He lives right there at El Dorado somewhere. So, I mean, he's up there. But uh I, I couldn't imagine 20,000 feet.
0: So driving up our little hill was nothing for you. Everybody always comments on this drive talking, up the hill. It. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, he
2: didn't even notice he came up a hill. He's like, what hill? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean... I, I want to get back and do all that but I also want to go and check out the Colorado 14ers if oh, you want to yeah. give me any recs your friend wants to give me any recs I, I'm not like super familiar with the Rockies mm-hmm. I'm more familiar with like the Sierras and the West Coast yeah. and that stuff so yeah. um, I want to get out and do a bunch of that oh, when stuff when
1: you go there I got a guy I, I'll hook you up with my nephew man he can, he can give you the
2: give you the tips that'd be fun
0: so what happens after you're busking after you're busking in uh, China
2: Let's see what happens after that. I mean, well, yeah, you're I, falling in love
1: with with songwriter stuff at this point too, aren't you?
2: Yeah. So I just like have been like uh, exposed to that sort of stuff, and it really was like uh, I was talking to a couple people who have more traditional backgrounds, like folk and blues and stuff, and like mm-hmm. their parents showing them Bob Dylan when they were six years old and looking down on this. But like I, I loved Passenger. Pa- I don't know if you guys are familiar with like mm-hmm. Passenger's music. Like Let Her Go was on the radio for a little bit, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is kind of cool. Um, but he has a lot of like really raw acoustic stuff. Okay, And I was like, this is really, really fancy, cool. Like he sounds like a he can, you know, be a whole band with just, just his fingers and his voice. Yep. And uh, I started getting to that, learning all of his songs. And then, yeah, the Abbott Brothers, following in with that stuff. And I always loved to write. I just didn't like having musical ability. I'd never got taught.
1: So even before music, like guitar stuff, you were writing? I was writing? Like in poetry, yeah. Okay. I was
2: in poetry and I was playing guitar, but I didn't put two and two together until <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> maybe got into like the end of high school. Yeah. yeah I started working on that stuff.
0: Where were you living during high school?
2: I, so I bounced around, right? I did my freshman year out in Shanghai and then I went to Los Angeles for the last couple because I wanted to play some football. Okay. And, uh, I was, I was doing pretty well with football and then uh, I got like four concussions in a couple seasons and the doctor and my trainer were like, you should probably take it easy. Like, I could have walked on to a couple places maybe, but, I mean, you were never going to the NFL if you're going to walk on to a, like, you know, D3 or whatever yeah. college. So, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it like, wasn't like, worth uh, a, neg- a fifth concussion at that point. No, it wasn't worth, <laughs> I, like, I used to be pretty good at school and then I had a couple of those big ones and like, I got diagnosed with ADHD a little bit after that, and I was like, okay, this is kind of scary. Like, I could feel myself changing in my head. Like, maybe it's time for me to take a break from that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, you made a good choice. Save save your brain. You already had went at a cardiac event, man. You don't need any <laughs> more issues. With that
2: high altitude and drinking and all this stuff, like, I don't need any more brain, care, no more
1: brain, <laughs> no more brain trauma, bro.
0: <laughs> so, that um, many concussions, you probably either played secondary, linebacker, receiver, or running back.
2: I played will, linebacker, and running back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where can I
1: get uh, head rang the most? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah look, throw me in there, coach.
0: I still say, you know, there's a a lot of times you think it'd be really nice to be a professional athlete, but being a professional running back in the NFL has got to be the worst job in the world.
2: And it's like a (laughs) three-year career for most people. You better make a lot of money. You get a rookie contract, and you're not even drafted that high, and Mm -hmm. then by the time you're done with that contract, you're washed up. Yeah, you're done. You can't walk anymore. (laughs) There's very few Travis Henrys in the world, for sure.
0: (laughs) You're getting hit every down by, you know, a couple 300-pound guys that run four fours. No, that's
2: yeah. uh, not for me. Not for me. I don't know like why I wanted to do that at some point in my life. <laughs> oh. uh. Yeah,
1: you know it's funny that you mentioned high school because I, I did see uh, just watching highlights this week on the news. I saw somebody, some kid, take a hit. and I was like, Jesus! I thought he was dead, but he was fine. He got up, but that's I guess yeah. that's high school resiliency. <laughs> that was probably his first concussion that he got. Because dude, he took helmet to helmet and then head to ground. Pop back. Mm-hmm. I was like that. Hey, That would kill me.
2: Yeah. After a while, I started like, after my like third or fourth concussion, I like, you wouldn't feel them in the game, right? You just keep on going and you wouldn't realize it because you're like pumped up (sighs) with adrenaline. Which
1: makes it a million times worse.
2: But like one of them, I like got up the next day and I couldn't walk really. I was like wobbling around like, just throwing up everywhere. And I was like, Your parents is- probably thought you had a drinking problem. You know, <laughs> I, I also had one of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you spent a lot of time wobbling around. <laughs> yep. Pretty much.
0: All this moving around you did, where do you call home now?
2: Um. Well, I've been in Nashville for the last five months. Um, five months, man. Yeah. My parents don't really have anywhere that they call like that place because they're moving out um, of Los Angeles. My girlfriend is in L.A. for one more year. And then we just bought a camper that I towed across the country. So we're planning on uh, kind of bouncing around for a while. She wants to see, like, the world and travel a little bit and see the country. Hmm. Um, and as an EMT, it's pretty easy to get a license anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to, you know, get reciprocity, get a license wherever she wants to go. And we'll just, like, work, you know, work a little bit part-time Place some and play some music. Yeah. Sounds like cool. a good good plan. That yeah, for a little bit. And then... uh. Maybe go fire. Maybe do some more music. I don't know what happens from here. But, uh, you know, just having a good time.
0: Let's let our listeners hear one of your songs. Let's talk about Poor Billy Poor. Tell us about that one.
2: Um, okay. So that one's uh, based on a true story, which is kind of cool. I wrote it as a poem for a college class. It was like an old Western class or whatever. Where we learned about, like, you know, Western expansion and all that. And there was... Uh, there's this mountain in the Sierras, it's my favorite, called Bloody Mountain. It's one of the favorites on, on, on the Eastern Sierras, like 13,000 feet or something like that. And it's called Bloody Mountain because there was a posse that went, got into a shootout with a couple of prisoners that escaped and they all ended up dying. And so this song is kind of like the story of like how that all started was this um, Pony Express 18-year-old who was riding across the country or from like Colorado to California to deliver something and these prisoners that had just escaped um killed him and robbed him and so the news got back to the brother and that's why the posse was formed to go and fight these guys so that's kind of like it's the a true story the true story okay yeah.
0: 1871
2: did you sing this in your class uh no i i, <laughs> I uh, wasn't writing music like that uh proficiently at the time so okay. it's something that i revisited later
0: yeah did you get did you have
1: to read it
2: in front of the class i did did you get People liked it. I feel like people were, uh, you know, just like apprehensive about like hearing poetry. So it's like, you know, also you don't, you just don't get like the applause for poetry that you get for music. You get get snaps, man. You you get snaps. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) All right, let's check it out. Poor Billy, poor.
3: Billy Poe was a rider for the Pony Express Bringing letters and silver across the old west Oh, Billy Poe's just doing his best Yeah! Hey.
2: <laughs> There's no uh, like actual chorus through the whole thing. It's just, just like the story, story. story, right? The story, yeah. Which uh, is like an old school.
1: We were just getting
0: into song, man. Yeah, man. That fiddle oh. came in on point.
2: Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we. I met a dude um, when I was at USC in college, and he he produces all my stuff now. He plays like everything. I'll play the acoustic guitar, harmonica, and sing, and he does everything else. And really? It's just, like I can't believe like you're, you know, playing the fiddle, playing the bass, like doing everything. It's it um, just blows my mind. Um.
0: Man, your uh, your vocals are really unique. <laughs> yeah. Where do, where, do, where do you think that comes from? Like, where did you pick up your…
2: Um, not knowing how to sing is where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, honestly, I started writing songs when I heard Towns. And mm-hmm. it was because, like, he was off-key off every once in a while pretty often. And so, I was like, you know, if people, like, love this dude for his words. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just, like, the format of, like, how he could punch you with a couple of sentences. Like… Maybe I can do that, and I could, uh, you know, forego the being a great singer part. <laughs> well, it's not
1: even a great singer, bad singer, all that. It's just unique, and, yeah. and a lot of times the u- uniqueness and in, in vocal quality uh, lends itself to the song. And one, and it it gives you this distinct lane that nobody else has. You know, it really sets you aside when you have your own thing, because there's a million singers that sound just alike. There's a quality in that that's that's very positive to have your own thing. Not I don't know how to sing type of thing. It's but it's your when I, own.
0: When Thank I you. answered the door, I listened to a lot of your music today. When I answered the door and first heard you speak, it wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean,
2: I went to a a concert yesterday. Do you guys know the band Camp? I've heard of the band Camp. Um, the, the dude has like some really raspy, like cool vocals, but then when he talks, it's like a super high. Like, really, like, you know, just, like, Midwest dude voice. And it's like, wow. I mean, like, a lot of people are playing characters and, Mm -hmm. like, trying to, like, find their sound. Tom Waits is one of my favorites. And he is really, like, if you hear his early stuff, it's, like, nice and, you know, supple and, you Mm -hmm. know, smooth. And then when you get into his later stuff, he's, like, doing all sorts of, like, weird vocal acrobatics and, Mm -hmm. and, like, barking and stuff like that. And it's, like, all just, like, really… You know, it's all, all part of the character of a yeah. song and a persona in some ways.
1: And it's probably pretty freeing for him to be able to feel like I'm gonna do whatever the hell I
0: want.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're artists, right? Mm-hmm. So when exactly, it, you know,
0: so when you came back from when you moved from China to California, did you continue? Did you continue busking there? Because that's quite a thing in L.A., isn't it?
2: Um, I I would busk a little bit, but I was really preoccupied with like football and sports for the majority of high school Yeah Um, and still writing because I always loved to write But when I got to college is when I started like getting more serious Playing some open mics and getting out there And then I got like some regular times at like some breweries and stuff like that Um, that's when I kind of realized like, hey, like people really like my stuff And I played like some of my first songs Prodigal Son is the first song I ever finished So I'll play that later, um but like a couple like guys that were, you know, booking me at the time or like having me come back and stuff um, were like, I can't believe like that's your first song. That's it's crazy. And I was like, wow, maybe I could like do a little bit of this on the side or like, mm-hmm. you know, have some fun with writing songs and having people actually like them. So. Oh, yeah.
0: So did you go to college in uh, California also?
2: Yeah, I went to USC. so
0: Was your recent move to, uh, to Nashville uh, from California? Yeah. So you were in California for quite a while then.
2: Yeah, so I was, I was born in California, I was born in Oakland, um, lived there for- oh, yeah. um, And then <laughs> went to San Diego, lived there for 10 years, and then we moved to Shanghai. Um, and we kind of like, you know, we're, we're pretty mobile as a family unit, and now that we're all like gone our separate ways, it's weird to like not have a, a home base because my parents are still like, oh, we want to like go back to Shanghai, and my brother's in Oregon, my sister's in Boston. And I'm just like, well, I'll I'll be in Nashville or Colorado or wherever the hell I want to be with my <laughs> camper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you at, you went to USC, huh? Yep. Pretty disappointing football year so hey, far. Man, <laughs> do they
1: fired their coach one game into the season?
2: It was it was, a second <laughs> game, was but, the second but game. But we've been asking for him to be fired my entire time in college. Need to get uh uh the enemy from yep Kansas City. Kansas City. He's That's amazing. Eric man. Eric <laughs> Meyer wants to quit his job <laughs> like two games into the NFL. i
0: one more game, he
2: might. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing in Nashville? Um, working as an EMT. That's been a lot of fun. Eye-opening. Um, I've been like licensed as an EMT for a while and doing some volunteer stuff, but this is my first like full-time job as an EMT. And it was like, you know, a lot of fun to get to like be in close contact with Nashville Fire and meet a lot of people. Um that I've been like weathered by this and into it. And it's like, it's really uh, humbling to kind of see people on their worst day. Like, obviously I can't talk about a lot of the yeah. people I see because of HIPAA and stuff like that. But like, there's been some stuff that's hit me really hard. And like, you know, it gives me perspective on how lucky I am. And it's great like fuel for, you know, reflection and songwriting. Not necessarily to put out there into the world, but just mm-hmm. to like, you know, find a place in my mind and find peace and the reality of like that You know, we all face a certain... Appreciate
0: life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I imagine it's also educational down there to,
1: you know, when you have an off moment to go watch some of the talent and writers and, you know, maybe insert yourself into the situation if you can. You know, there's always the local mics at Bluebird and things like that that are just...
0: Is there some talent in Nashville?
1: A little bit.
3: (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) little bit. But
2: yeah, I've been doing some of that. I was really sad. Like, Bluebird is just doing... um like, online stuff right yeah. now. And I was like, man. And then, uh, Douglas, like, closed down. But that's, like, where, you know, Towns had done a lot of his, mm-hmm. like, early stuff. And I was like, I wanted to see that and play there. And um, But I've been doing some open mics and writer's nights and meeting some, like, really, really talented people that just blow my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, like, Nashville will spit out, like, any bar, any bar you go into, you'll have five or six people that can just, like, sing, like, your, your face off. And, Um, if not sing your face of, they can, you know, shred the guitar. Like nobody else either heard. And it's just, it's crazy to like, see like so much talent in one place Mm -hmm. and like coming from LA, I was like, Oh, LA, like, you know, LA is a media hub. Like it's super talented, but LA is a different, you know, it's pop and, you know, it's not necessarily live music and artistry in that regard. And so coming here, I was really blown away by just the authenticity and the, like the skill that one could have in, just being by themselves and holding their own.
1: Yeah. Well, And the skill that one can have and nobody will ever really know who that person is. The, no. you know, they're just, that's the best guitar player I've ever seen. What is his name? Don't no know. no idea. Yeah.
2: He has like 20 Instagram followers. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but, yeah. Uh, but, he,
1: but he plays four different shows with four different bands all night and that's really all he wanted to do anyway. Yeah. So it's like,
2: alright, he's living the dream. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's all you can ask for, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the be appreciated by the people that are right in front of you and you know, just be able to express yourself.
1: Dude, being an EMT in Nashville, it seems like there's so much shit that happens in Nashville. It's like natural disaster shit these days.
2: Oh, I was begging to get sent to, to Louisiana.
1: Just uh, cause yeah. like,
2: like one, the pay is great for FEMA mm-hmm. stuff, but also like just to help out around there and like, you know, experience more like of that area. I haven't been like to a bunch of the South. Like I've, you know, briefly been into Alabama and like West Virginia and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I haven't like, really explored a lot of it. So it would have been really cool. Um, I think one of our trucks got sent out to, uh, not Louisville, Berea, Berea, Berea. Berea yeah. 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 Did they have floods? Or shit? Uh, no, just like COVID stuff. Oh, really? That was kind of weird, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really cool to, you know, experience culture and people and just so much that Nashville has to offer in the way of music and medicine. So, it's just been like super, super eye-opening and just a great five months so far. Awesome.
0: Are you plans to stay there for a while or Um, you said you're going to travel around?
2: Yeah. So, I want to go to paramedic school or fire academy sometime soon. We'll see. If I go to fire academy, it's got to be in California because I want to do Cal Fire. The pay is amazing out there, obviously, because it's always on fire. (laughs) Always on fire, man. (laughs) Um, And they like you to be like taught in your state. So, but paramedic stuff like I could do anywhere, but just like, you know, furthering myself, not only with music, but with the medicine and with, you know, my ability to help people. I wanted to get into these two industries because I feel like with the medicine stuff, like you can see the immediate difference you're making, right? Mm. You can save a life. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, a big thing. That's like really like instant gratification in a way. Um, and then with music, you could, you know, speak to people and maybe like leave your little imprint in their mind and, like, I've definitely heard a lot of songs that have changed my perspective and helped me out through hard times. And if I could do something like that for people, like, that would be great. So I just kind of, like, have this mission to, you know, my dad always says, like, whatever you take from the world, give back twice as much. And so I kind of want to do that. And so through music and medicine, that's my goal. Cool. Awesome.
0: Let's listen to another tune.
2: Tell us about Velvet Glove. Well, this one will be coming out October 15th. Oh, so Ooh. this is a this is a new and nobody's heard this, huh? Yep, correct. Oh, cool. October what, fifteenth? Yes, dude. You are. Are you seriously going to try
1: to go up against the Halloween movie <laughs> that's coming out on October fifteenth? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's,
2: it's a pretty different vibe. Oh, okay. I think, I think it's a different audience. <laughs> okay, um, cool, cool. This cool. song <laughs> I I wrote with my girlfriend, and uh, right. she's on it. I don't know if we'll get far enough to hear her, but because she's on the back half of it. But um, I had a lot of fun doing this one, and it's very different sounding. It's not uh you know, folky or Western, but like I, I intended it to be so and then I gave it to my producer and I was like, have fun with the man. <laughs> and he came back and it, it sounded how it did and I was like, you know, that's not necessarily like what I was expecting or what I necessarily imagined it sounding like, but my ears like it. So. Nice.
0: You're not going to believe this. This has to be some <clears throat> type of omen, but I just checked our podcast calendar and, and guess when Nikolai's podcast October 15th. Out, October
3: 15th. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Nice. <laughs> so this Herpet.
0: podcast will be published October 15th at noon.
1: So go listen. The song is out. Go play it on Spotify.
2: It'll it'll premiere right here. We'll we'll give you a little taste of it right here. There you go. Velvet Glove.
1: Then go give it a spin.
3: Me and now, babe, don't let go. Maybe I am just a house of cards. Oh, the weight of your windscars. That's what I get for exposing my heart. But I do it all
2: again. I like that? Yeah. Dude, I I do like what he did with that the violin I, like the production is like more more so like alternative e like mm-hmm. even like taylor swift like new stuff e it's got that
1: um it's got this to it, the bounce it's got yeah. the bounce it's got that little bobby bounce that I was got got
0: uh, got got a lot of movement yeah. on the on the fiddle in there you can feel it and hear it especially in the headphones yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yep. yeah. You know, that sucks that you got to listen through headphones. Nobody listens to headphones either. They listen to their, <laughs> their phone on speaker. They'll be like, oh yeah, like, yeah. that sounds good, I man. He- I can't hear anything.
2: hear <laughs> here's the vocals. Oh, it's not how you're supposed to listen to it. Exactly. exactly. People give me feedback and they're like, hey, like I can't hear anything besides your voice. And it's like... <laughs> what are you listening you, on? Did you, yeah, did you put headphones in? Do you have a speaker? Do you did, have anything? Yeah.
1: Are you going through your car stereo? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's Sometimes that can be the best. It's yeah. Important.
0: <laughs> so did you uh did you record all these we're listening to tonight in Nashville?
2: Um, so we just did it like I, I've been sleeping on a bunk bed through all of college, like with one of my best friends. Like we had like a room of three people and uh we shared a bunk bed. Three people in one bunk bed. That's basically... <laughs> <laughs> there there was another bed besides the <laughs> bunk bed. Yeah. Okay. Um but what we do is we'd hang blankets on from the top bunk. And, like, just to sound dead and everything and make our little, like, studio space.
0: Hey, we've been there. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, started That's how this place started. Yeah.
2: Just recording, like, with uh, some pretty cheap mics and stuff. Um, and it kind of... It sounds, you know, good enough to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's just kind of like a DIY at-home project that, you know, turned into something that I really liked.
0: Or awesome. one of those three guys, or one of those two guys that you room with, a fiddle player.
2: No, I met one of them. Uh, okay. I met the film That's player the producer. through one of them. Is that yeah. the producer? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. a producer. His name is Theo uh, Theodore Haber. Theodore, what's up? Um, <laughs> he's he's up in Canada right now hey? doing a master's program for a composition. No kidding. Yeah, so he's a music like wizard. Yeah. He'll send me some stuff and I'll be like, I don't understand. Like this, this sounds like super weird and off. But he's like, he'll show me the music theory and I'll be like, I I don't know what's what's going on. <laughs> but you know, if it makes sense to you, it makes it, sense probably. It, <laughs> if you say so, Theodore. <laughs>
0: so what are your uh, what are your aspirations with music?
2: It's hard to have expectations with music, especially like going to Nashville and seeing people that could sing better than me or play better than me, or you know do one of a million things better. And because of the fact that I kind of want to go half and half with my life in terms of like going to fire and EMS and doing the music thing. So I think it's just a way for me to like reflect. um, It's like my therapy kind of in a lot of ways. So like those routes with that and then putting it out there and playing when I can um, are really all I can ask for. And as long as like someone wants to hear it and appreciate it, I'll keep on doing that stuff. Um, but I I don't have any aspirations of you know blowing up and playing like stadiums or anything like I, I, <laughs> I'm just like like I'm here to to put stuff out there and hopefully someone could uh, appreciate it and if if they do that's all that needs to happen right and uh, I'll support myself through fire yeah you know we'll, we'll have a good time with it music is beautiful and I I want to put out there stuff that I don't think is out there that my ears want and so if that's the case then hopefully someone else feels that way
0: great attitude there you go you'll enjoy it.
1: And you'll probably be playing on a huge stage in no time with that attitude. Like, I don't give a shit.
0: Like, (laughs) Uh, So for our listeners that want to hear more of your music and and get to know you a little better, where can they find your music, find you on the socials, all that stuff?
2: Yeah, um, it's uh, pretty much Nikolai underscore Stevens on Instagram, I think. Um, Facebook is Nikolai Stevens. I don't have a Twitter. YouTube is Nikolai Stevens. Uh, N-I-K-O-L-A-I. S-T-E-V-E-N-S. Um, there's not a whole lot of Nikolai Stevens out there. so Dude, you would be surprised <laughs> how many Nikolai Stevens there are out there. And it depends how you
1: spell it, too. If you put the C before the K. Th- there's a, a lot of C. got to cut the C yeah. out. And then and Stevens only, is always spelled different. Not only the is P-H? there some, yep. a
0: lot of Nikolai Stevens, there is another Nikolai Stevens musician. Really?
2: Yeah. Oh no! I have a competition now. Maybe <laughs> Dude, we can start a band. Maybe we can the just... Nikolai Stevens band. <laughs> the Nikolai Stevens band. <laughs> I met a I met a guy named Nikolai. He was playing. His job was to play piano out in Mount Rainier at like one of the the big cabins. Mm-hmm. um and I was like, dude, we gotta like, we gotta start a band. Like, you're amazing at piano. We're both named Nikolai. Let's <laughs> let's just like let's get a band of just Nikolai's. Nikolais, and we'll just be called Nikolai, and it will be completely ambiguous as to oh. which one it is.
0: Maybe it was just Nikolai. Maybe I made that up about being Nikolai Stevens. No, dude, why'd you just <laughs> ruin it? You ruined it. <laughs> so here's a,
1: a even a better thought. Now is you could uh, form a band, name it a name. Nikolai, or any name, and then you could all just call yourself that name. We're all the same name. We're the Neils. Yeah.
2: That, that's probably an easy way to go about it. That's then, uh,
0: On drums, we got Nikolai. <laughs>
2: guitar,
0: we got Nikolai.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all of them with an I. No. I'd like to thank Nikolai, Nikolai, Nikolai. <laughs>
0: well, we're going to go out with Prodigal Son, and then we're going to have some fun doing some one shots.
2: So. Tell us about "Prodigal Son." Uh, that's a little bit of a heavier, heavier <laughs> song and story. Um, I, I was ha- drinking a lot early on in college, and I ended up uh, getting into a fight and getting arrested early on. And I felt like I was a huge disappointment. I was worried about like you know the repercussions legally of all the stuff that had been happening. And so I wrote this song um, to kind of you know represent that and reflect on it and just. You know, deal with the situation like the reality of it. Um, but about it was November seventh, couple years ago. One of my like friends from high school overdosed and died, and this mm-hmm. song like kind of is that story. And so it just took on a whole different meaning once that happened. Uh, it was, you know, just it's weird how how fate will take over a song that you wrote yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just means something totally different to me now, but. It's still very dear to my heart. And the first song I ever wrote.
0: First song oh. I ever wrote. Well, man, uh-huh. thanks for talking yeah, to man. us. man,
2: thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Prodigal Son.
2: Here we go.
3: sure i'm the prodigal son the family's black sheep you can watch me run from my responsibilities and these pretty white lines and coding dreams got me right where i belong Outer white broom rests upon my upper lip Every super tramp finds a vice along his trips Snow takes me to the highest of wide peaks False summits are all we'll ever be Long by ways wear me like light against the dust, a bump on the road keeps the tangible from fray Pretty young lady, don't ask me if I'll stay for the highways call my name. Mama's ugly dugling. You can watch me run, but don't you dare follow me. Cause these pretty white lines and coding dreams, they'll grab a hold of you. Looking after me For you won't like what you see Skin slips and shines like a desert bag My heart misses time, seems to me like an attack dark minds realize God and hope that I'm not alone in these pretty white lines and coding dreams. Tug me in to go to sleep.